Every person has a story, and some parts of those stories feel too hard to tell. You are listening to If You Only Knew, a mini-series brought to you by the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. On today's show, my friend Jessica Honiger joins me and opens up about a struggle that she has battled for over 30 years. Her struggle has been body image. Jessica's story is so common for so many women. And if you have ever at one point struggled with body image, you will know today that you are not alone as you listen to Jessica share her struggle. I want you to notice how she says she started to feel when she realized that her struggle might not have actually been what her body looked like, but something deeper inside. Guys, if you're loving this mini-series, I'd love two things from you. Number one, a review on iTunes would be fabulous. It's super easy. Go to jamieivy.com slash iTunes. It takes you right to the page to leave a review. Number two, if you have not purchased my new book, If You Only Knew, I would love for you to get yourself a copy. My goal in writing this book was for me to share my story about finding freedom from shame in my life and to encourage you, the reader, to look for ways to find your own freedom. Many times that freedom starts with just saying some things out loud to a girlfriend, just like all of these guests have talked about in this mini series, If You Only Knew. You can go to ifyouonlyknewbook.net and find your book there. Also, you guys, in this show, Jessica mentions her brand new podcast. It's called Going Scared, and she just released it this week, actually. I highly recommend it. Head on over to wherever you subscribe to your shows and start listening to this one. Okay, guys, before we get to my conversation with Jessica, I want to tell you one more thing, and that is I want to thank today's sponsor for this show, Siete Chips. Siete is a healthy Mexican-American food brand that makes grain-free and paleo-friendly tortillas and tortilla chips. And you guys, these tortillas and tortilla chips are amazing. And there are people in my family that have to eat grain-free, and this has been a lifesaver. The best thing about this is that you can get all of their foods online. So there may not be a grocery store near you that carries these. You can get them online, and they're giving us a coupon code. If you use the word IVY when you check out, you can get 10% off your order. If you're going to try some, please try the nacho grain-free tortilla chips because they are my absolute favorite and our family loves these tortilla chips. So if you're looking for a healthy Mexican-American food brand that makes grain-free and paleo-friendly tortillas and tortilla chips, check out sietefoods.com. Use the promo code IV to get 10% off. Here is my friend Jessica and her If You Only Knew story. Hey, Jessica, so what is your If You Only Knew? Well, my If You Only Knew is if you only knew how much I have struggled with body image. And I come off, I know, as a really confident person. I speak on stages. I run a fashion brand, okay? So that means I am knee-deep in fashion and jewelry, and I run model photo shoots. But body image has been really one of the biggest struggles in my life. And I think I think those things that we struggle with most are usually the things that start the earliest. And I actually went to Weight Watchers when I was like seven years old. Are you serious? I did not know that. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. And some of it was because 
we were doing that presidential freaking fitness Mm -hmm. test. Mm -hmm. And part of it was the mile run, which, you know, my mile run story, I was like Mm -hmm. the slowest kid in the class, but then it was also getting weighed. And then it was the calipers. I remember would get out to like grab your arms. And I am a woman that has got some curbs. And Mm -hmm. I, frankly, I've just always been like this. But there was no room for that at the table. It was one standard fits all. It was one growth chart. Like this is the chart you're supposed to be on. And if you look at my family, like my brother was major linebacker in football. I mean, we, if like, if we had a Husky brand, I would have been wearing the Husky pants, okay? (laughs) Like, it's funny even now, because you know, I have Jack who we adopted from Rwanda. And then I have my sweet, adorable Holden who was 11 pounds when he was born. And he wears... Husky. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what he wears. And so I look at the two of them. They both eat exactly the same. But my my one kid who is of my body takes after my body. Mm -hmm. And my other kid who eats just as much as the other kid is like slender African, Mm -hmm. you know, athlete who's probably going to be a track star because he's fast and slim. Mm -hmm. And so I think it was when I think the PE teacher sort of might have recommended to my mom, you know, about Weight Watchers. Well, at the time, my mom was a perpetual dieter. This is the 1980s. This was like the zero fat craze. Totally. Is this like Jane Fonda era too? Remember that? Jane Fonda, Uh Richard Simmons. You just eat a baked potato with salsa on it, Mm -hmm. you know, and you'll lose weight. And so... I will always remember standing in line with all of these women and there's little me, little seven, eight-year-old me getting ready to step on a scale in front of all of these people. And then I tracked all my food and checked all those boxes. And I think I just took on an image at a very young age that I was too much. My body was too much. And it's surprising because I was actually a tap dancer And I tap dance. So I would get on stages and I would tap dance, but always I felt shame about how I looked in the leotard. And I knew, well, I love tap dancing, but I could never be a real Broadway star because I'm I'm just not skinny. And then of course, there's something actually that psychologists call a negativity bias, which says that it takes five positive experiences to erase one negative one. And we have this negativity bias where we build confirmations based off that negative thing. So it's hard looking back now because I feel like I have a lot of confirmation throughout my life that confirmed that my body was the issue. Mm. Like that it wasn't an internal thing. It wasn't how I viewed my body. It was my body. And so that took me on a long road, 30 years worth road of perpetually dieting. I mean, anything, you name it, I have done it. And it was in post-college when I went off to Bolivia with Food for the Hungry and my roommate in Bolivia was like 6'4". And she was definitely like a bigger boned woman. She, you know, special ordered her clothes and her shoes and she had not struggled one day with body image. Mm. She was from a small farming town in the Midwest. And she shared a bunch of memories with me of her like making pies with her mom growing up. And I think that's when I realized like, oh, my body's not the issue. It's my perspective on my body. And this story that I've told myself my whole life that 
for sure was confirmed to me by societal standards. Mm -hmm. But, you know, once you kind of have a bias, you just start building a story around it. So there were probably situations. So here's the deal. Like I didn't get asked to prom my senior year. I kind of went with a whole bunch of girls instead. But the story I told myself was it's because I was fat. Mm -hmm. And then in college, I was in a sorority and I mean, it was a great sorority or whatever, like as sororities go. Mm -hmm. But I remember thinking like, I'm not going to get chosen because I don't have the right body for this sorority. And every time there was an opportunity for rejection or there was an opportunity to feel left out or not be fully accepted, I would always tell myself it's because of my body. Mm. It's if I had a different body, I would basically live a pain-free life. And I'm sure I thought that of skinny people, like when they would like talk about problems and be like, yeah, well, you're skinny though. So really you you don't have any problems, Mm -hmm. you know? So I started this journey in my early twenties realizing, oh, maybe it's not about my body. Maybe it's my view of my body. And that started me on a journey, but it wasn't until... And I remember the day so clearly, which is crazy. It was like after the first big if gathering downtown Austin and my husband met me for breakfast one morning at the W Hotel. And I think I was about to like start yet another diet and yet know that that's, oh God, I know that that's not the solution, but I don't know the way out of this. And oh my God, I just remember looking at him and saying, I don't think it's that I want to be skinny. I think it's that I want to be loved and accepted. And he just looked at me with tears in his eyes, you know, because we both knew I am loved Mm -hmm. and accepted. And so when I was able to sort of realize that I was using this whole kind of unicorn thinking, like if I only Mm -hmm. could be, maybe that's your next book, not if I only knew, (laughs) but if I could only be, right? Because we think if I could only be Mm -hmm. this, if I could only have that, Mm -hmm. then fill in the blank. I wouldn't have pain. I wouldn't have rejection. I would never feel insecure. I'd be happy. And I think those stories protect us, you know, um, because frankly, uh, you can control a body in some respects, right? You can diet and you think like, well, if I can control this thing that's helping me experience rejection, then I cannot experience rejection. But what we can't control is other people's views Mm -hmm. of us. And what we can't control is if we do walk into a situation and we are rejected or accepted. And so it's a lot more vulnerable to kind of sit in those feelings of, Am I loved? Mm. Am I accepted? And of course, when we get those things in Christ, but you know, I would say, I don't want to start sounding cliche because it reminds me of even the poster in my little Amelie's room that's like, here's who I am Mm -hmm. in Christ. I mean, I probably quoted that poster a million times. I'm salt, I'm light, I'm loved, I'm da-da-da-da. But there was just something that happened deep in my soul only just a few years ago where I realized it's not about my body. It's that I want to be loved and accepted. And guess what? I Mm -hmm. am loved and accepted. So I laid down the dieting. I was like 
really worshiping the Mm -hmm. idol of, and I didn't call it dieting. We live in Austin. I called it the master Uh cleanse. I called it keto counting. I called it, you know, whole Mm -hmm. 30. I mean, you name it. And I'm not saying, you know, I'm not gonna say dieting is wrong in and of itself. I do think a dieting mentality where you literally are just trying the next thing because you think that if you could only be 10 pounds lighter, then your life would be easier and better, which is, which is definitely what I thought. I mean, I truly thought, and there's still days where I think that, you know, and even recently, like, you know, maybe a magazine hasn't picked up an article that I submitted to them. And I thought, well, it's probably because I'm fat and they don't want to show me, you know, in their magazine. And saying that out loud to you right now, I'm like, that sounds insane. It does. I I mean, I would tell you that if you were my friend and you are my friend, if you said that to me, I'd say it sounds insane, but you've come so far. You have, it still comes to your head. I think that's what people need to realize is here's this body image struggle. And you were on this journey of figuring out, Hey, it's actually that I just want to be loved. It's actually not that much about my body really, but you work in an industry that says it's all some point, not all, I, I was being presumptuous there, about body. No, I mean, it's it's a rep industry. So how do you fight the struggle that you've always had? So I, for me, I definitely have to fight it by not jumping on the diet bandwagon, like, because it is easy. I mean, I even have a friend right now who's doing something really extreme called called Ideal Protein, and she's lost like 25 pounds. And I, I mean, you don't want to know how much time I spent on the internet trying to look this right. diet up and like, oh my, if only, mm-hmm. if only. So I have to be very conscious to not start doing extreme dieting. So that's one way I fight it. I also fight it by just not focusing on my physicality. And, you know, I am in situations where maybe there's photos of me, even after the Shine conference, you know, that we just had and ambassadors post a lot of pictures of us together. And I have to just not nitpick myself. And I have to really, you know, think that photo is not about how I look. It's about Mm -hmm. a moment that we are experiencing together of togetherness. I also fight it by conversations like this. And so when I have seen pictures of myself where I have harbored shameful thoughts about my body, I have reached out to a friend and I've even dug out pictures out of my trash can of my phone and sent it to a friend to say, I'm looking at this picture and all I can think about is how I need to start starving myself tomorrow because all I see is just like fat football arms. And then to have that friend be able to say, all I see in that photo is a mom loving her little girl and helps me reframe what I'm seeing and not fixate on my body parts, but instead celebrate why we take photos in the first place, which is to capture a memory, Mm -hmm. capture a moment, capture a, a feeling. And I also fight it by not following certain things on Instagram that I, if if they trigger me starting to be just like, Oh, if only Mm -hmm. I could look like that. And, and frankly, I follow some other things on Instagram that help me like fourth trimester bodies is one that I follow and they post pictures of women, which I love this idea, right? There's no fourth trimester, but actually there is right. Like we are in our fourth trimester Mm. forever after you give birth to a baby and they post really honest photos with the stretch marks and the you know, the wrinkled tummy that I now have. And I think normalizing the fact that our bodies do not look like Mm -hmm. Taylor Swift 
has been very mm-hmm. helpful for me as well. One of my favorite things that I see you doing and, and you know, people are listening and like, golly, I wish I could be where Jessica was. It was a journey. Like this is, you're not, this didn't happen overnight. This is a journey that you have been on to understanding that this is what you're really longing for, something on the inside, not necessarily the outside. But one thing that I think is pretty unique to all of these things that we talk about on this, if you only knew, miniseries is that whatever that thing might be for you, whether it was dealing with grief or bankruptcy or um, body image, like we're talking about today, is that you get this unique opportunity to speak into people's lives that are also dealing with that. So how have you seen God actually use parts of your struggle in your life that you're like, God, this has been so hard to walk through this for you know 30 years. How have you seen him use you in the midst of that? Well, as I've gotten honest about my journey, whether that's speaking, you know, I just launched this podcast called Going Scared. And I am loving sharing these stories because I think we, going scared, like part of going scared, I think one of the scariest things we can do is just feel our feelings. Mm-hmm sit and feel our feelings. But when we're chasing a diet or when we're filling our lives with other things, we're just trying to escape these uncomfortable feelings of, gosh, maybe I didn't get asked out to prom, not because of I was fat, but because I wasn't wanted, you know, or or like these things that feel really hard. But if we don't feel those things, we're not going to be able to walk through those things. Mm And so definitely part of helping others is launching this podcast where I'm wanting to help people walk through their fears and realize that they can't just wait for perfection and wait for skinny and wait till your kids are perfectly behaved before you take them out to eat and wait until you like are able to pay for producer before you start your podcast Mm -hmm. and wait until you know all things about international development before you go and try to like do something that has to do with social impact. Like we've got to quit waiting and we've got to start going because it's only when you go that you begin to grow. And I know that's been my journey. That's so good. And one of my favorite things that you said today has been how you finally began to say things out loud. And I think that's been kind of the goal of even in my book, personally writing that, but in all of these shows that we've done for If You Only Knew is that sometimes it's when we say it out loud that we feel a couple of things, man, I'm not alone. Oh my gosh, other people struggle with this, you know, and because we can go through our whole lives and think this struggle, this insecurity that I have, surely nobody else struggles with this. And it's just a lie that we be- we believe and then we isolate ourselves and then we don't go scared. We don't do anything because we just kind of bring ourselves in. But when we can say things out loud um, is when God, I think, can do a lot of things in our hearts as well. Absolutely. You know, I'm a big believer th- in that. And I would just encourage everyone listening today to start to maybe challenge some of your thoughts around your body. Cause I think it's easy to, to fixate and think, no, 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 no. It is my body. Mm. And I just want to say like, it's not your body. Like your body is beautiful. It is a vessel. You were made in the image of a perfect God. It's how you view your body and your worth that needs to change. Mm, so, so good. And if anyone wants to listen to more about just what we've been talking about with just our body image and loving our body and that there's deeper hurts inside of us that might need to be addressed other than another diet or another workout plan, go back and listen to Elisa Keaton on Happy Hour number 175. Jessica, 
I love you, friend. And thanks for being brave and thanks for sharing your story because I know that through you doing that, other people are going to not feel alone and they're going to feel as though they can take those next steps of talking to a friend and acknowledging the hurt inside of them. Thanks, Jamie. Thanks for listening to this story. I believe that stories change the world. I believe that they tear down walls, open gates of conversation, and allow us to experience freedom in a new way. Your story matters, and I pray that you will have the courage to share your story with a close friend, just like my guest shared with me today. In my newest book, If You Only Knew, I Go First. I go first, and I share my story with you. You can find more information at ifyouonlyknewbook.net.